Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to what is bound to be the most exciting episode of Birds All Day I think that we've ever uh, recorded. You know, there have been playoff runs, there have been big trades and acquisitions and unbelievable moments in Blue Jays history that have been covered by Birds All Day, this podcast right here. But this one, the first week of November 2018, this is the one that's going to set the standard. Um, because this offseason has just uh, come out like a house of fire. And I can't, I can't wait to really dig in to all this good <laughs> stuff. We're going to create some fine, fine content. Uh, my name is Drew Fairservice, so I did mention that already. And I'm joined, uh, you know, a man who needs no introduction, but uh, I'm joined by him as always. Uh, old Reliable. Mr. Andrew Stoughton Stoughton, how are you? I'm all right. Uh, I, I, I know that this, we will have a good show. I know that we will have some, some uh, repartee. We'll have some banter. We'll make some... Take some pot shots and have some, you know, make some little pithy comments, little uh, bone mows. Uh, but there's nothing to talk about at all. Yeah, not really. Just want to no. get that out of the way. Yeah. Uh, which is really, uh, it's an enticement to the audience. Been like, oh, I've heard about this show. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about the Blue Jays in November 2018. But maybe I'd get into podcasts. Maybe I'll check this one out. These two yahoos. And, uh, and then they come out and they're telling me that the show is going to be awful. Where do I send the check? <laughs> hey, um, respect respect the honesty. Respect the honesty, people. Well, the, that, I feel like so now the World Series is over. The Boston Red Sox won the World Series. They won the World Series in a fashion that could be described as uh, convincing. If you were looking to undersell the level of domination that the Red Sox showed. And and we went on, and I waxed poetic, and I was going on and on about how good the Red Sox are, and and uh, they're good. They they were a really good team, and and I think that what we saw in the playoffs was the and the way that Alex Cora managed the team was almost like shortening the bench, which we you do in basketball, right? In the playoffs, you shorten the bench. Yep. Using starters in the in the bullpen, fun stuff. No more. I had a moment of clarity. Because I've been going on about how good the Red Sox are, and, and I probably uh, there's one guy, and I can't remember his name. Is on Twitter, he's Wamco One, uh, lovely man. He hates the Red Sox so much that every time I tweet about how the Red Sox are good or like how I begrudgingly respect them, he can't. He just like replies like, "Oh, I hate them so much," every single time. And I was like, "No, no, no," you know. I feel, I'm like one of those NBA tryhards who's like, "No, we gotta really gotta appreciate that Golden State's beating everyone by 35 every night." This is beautiful basketball. Uh, no, um, so but I've been I've, I've been doing that. I've been this Red Sox truth truther until the day after they won. I went on Instagram because that's what I do, and all these random yahoos who are not who are presumably friends of mine, like sharing the Red Sox logo and being like, "Way to go, Sox!" Instantly turn me off the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, that would. Unbelievable! These front-running clowns, men with when men with Yankees hats in their profile picture, sharing. No, that's not okay. Um, so yeah, the Red Sox, fuck them. We're done talking about them for now. But anyway, you know they're they're kind of over now anyway, right? I mean they they did their thing, yeah, they dominated, won the World Series, whatever. But uh, they're not going to keep that team together. I mean, yeah, sure, next year they'll also be terrifying, but uh, but after that, it's going to be a damn mess. Uh, they really, well, they really should get Dave Dombrowski out of there and, and, and bring in somebody uh, who can make the hard, the kind of hard financial decisions that are uh, that are unpopular among fans, but popular among the, the ownership and, and 
than the, uh, the the other teams around the league. Someone just uh, austerity to get them back in line and make an order. Uh, when I saw John Henry, the Red Sox owner, uh, sitting in a you know third or fourth row seat there at Dodger Stadium, uh, ready to rush the field to celebrate what would be the fourth World Series championship since 2004, I saw that look of concern in his eye. I saw him embracing David Price, who you know pitched his the team uh, unbelievably in the in the clinching game uh, of tremendous very, performance from a starter nice. yeah, very nice who pitched the day before technically did he not he pitched he was pitching on like zero days rest something stupid um, like that, yeah. and he pitched uh, incredibly and i saw dave uh, dave dombrowski or sorry john henry the owner who when he gave david price a hug he looked at him really like a scant like no i can't believe i'll be paying you 30 million dollars a year this is a nightmare um, because yeah, like you're you're right. Austerity that is the way to go. The Red Sox are facing some tough t- tough decisions, not unlike they did after 2004. Though let's if we want to do a little bit of like sure. they made they made unpopular decisions. They didn't resign Pedro. They didn't resign uh, Derek Lowe, uh, and they had even traded Nomar. If I maybe that wasn't that season, but they had done some. They had made some tough choices, oh, yeah. and they moved on from a lot of guys. And then they eventually, you know, they won the World World Series three years later. The Red Sox team, as we know it, uh, will look different. Of course, they, Eovaldi is a is a free agent. Craig Kimbrell is a free agent. Uh, Steve Pierce is a free agent. You know, MVP World Series MVP or Lidgepin. <laughs> can't Steve believe Pierce. can't believe the Jays paid money. Can't believe the Jays paid money to get Steve Pierce to give him to Boston for nothing. World Series MVP. I, I applaud. <laughs> that was. The ultimate smell test was, it was, of course, Steve Simmons who floated it out there, saying, like, can you believe the Jays paid this guy to go away? It is, it's so perfect. It's like the perfect uh, pH test. Like, if you want to know if someone is worth even a second of your time, if they offer an opinion on that, and it's the wrong opinion, which is to say that they agree that the Jays were the Jays screwed up with Steve Pierce somehow, you know they're not a serious person, or they're not even a person who's capable of critical thought. So don't waste your time with them. You can waste your time on your podcast making fun of them, I hope but so, don't waste yeah. your time talking to them <laughs> because they're obviously barely functioning. Probably, bless them, suffered a brain injury at some point in the in the very not not too distant past. So they're going through a tough time. If they have a strong opinion about the fact that the Blue Jays traded Steve Pierce, paid for part of his salary in order to sweeten the return, which was a prospect, uh, uh, um, uh, an interesting prospect, not necessarily a gleaming top of the heap blue chipper, but that's not how this works. He's the, still Steve Pierce. Still Steve Pierce. Yeah. If if anything, you want to give the Blue Jays credit for being the team that signed him to a two-year deal. Cuz nobody else has ever done had ever done that before. The guys <laughs> right? the guys transactions page is longer than his swagger sleeve. Because he's Steve Pierce. God bless him. He was miscast as an outfielder. No one is ever going to argue that. The Red Sox because they have more Five win outfielders that they know what to do with don't need to worry about that. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. The Blue Jays did, and and if they're, if you're going to blame one person, 
the one person to blame for the fact that Steve Pierce was running around in the outfield and Steve Pierce was hurt, as Steve Pierce has been known to be. There's one person to blame for that whole Steve Pierce kind of logjam, messed up situation. Do you know who that person is? Uh, refresh my memory on that one. It's Justin Smoke. Mm, yeah, I suppose The so. Blue Jays brought in, they brought in Steve Pierce and they brought in Kendrick Smiles because they were convinced that Justin Smoke was shitty. And they were waiting for an opportunity to dump him. Except that Justin Smoke flipped the script by learning how to hit one winter. Like a magic. And then he became very, very good. And then they were like, well, shit. Now we have three guys, two of which are all but useless otherwise. And they got stuck with it. And then Steve Pierce gamely went out and played the outfield, um, which uh, you know him. I know him. Andrew's over, Andrew's over the Zoobs. Uh, not, he's a very uh, funny man. Um, not known for strong opinions. He is more, he's there for the jokes and for the, for the whimsy. But he has strong Steve Pierce opinions, and they make me laugh every single time because they're so out of character for him. <laughs> One of my favorite tweets of all time was talking about watching Steve Pierce warm up with like that the ball boy, like the ball boy with the really rosy cheeks, making right. the ball boy look like right. Kevin Kiermeyer in the outfield. <laughs> because Steve Pierce is so bad, has such a bad throwing arm, and whatever. Anyway, that Steve Pierce uh, take was so garbage. Uh, I, I honestly I honestly did not know that that came from Simmons. He he's blocked me and and like a normal person uh, as you said. I do not listen to uh what Steve Simmons has to say. I I just thought that was like a generic like dumb fuck Blue Jays fan take. I I saw it in comments and shit. I didn't know that they were echoing mm-hmm. the uh the nationally uh award-winning uh sports writer uh who we all know and love. Uh, so that's very funny to me. I did not, I did not, I did not bring that up to make fun of uh, that person. But uh, sometimes that shit just happens. It's like fucking Pat Borders was the World Series MVP. Like, uh, being good can't believe for, they let him go. Being good for a week. Jesus Christ! I mean, yeah, the it's, level it's of stupidity required. Gar- to, yeah. Hey, bless Steve Pierce. He hit when he went to the Red Sox. He hit when he was with the Blue Jays this year as well. Uh-huh. When he was healthy, he hit last year. As well, he's a good hitter. There's no secret. The only shitty thing was the Blue Jays played him in a position that he evaporated all any value that he may have produced. But he did. But that's not true because they were able to trade him for something interesting. They were able to trade. They weren't just paying him so he would leave. They paid him to get a nice piece back from the Red Sox, which is what you do when you are a team with veterans on one-year contracts or in the last years of their deals. You trade them to get something back. And maybe that thing turns into something else that helps your big league team. Or maybe it helps somebody else's big league team when you trade it for another thing. It's the name of the game. Like, to, I can't even. There, it, it, I felt bad. There was a bar down, which is like the TSN's clickbait content mill. Yep. They did a here are some bad takes piece. And there were a bunch of people in there who are like people that I interact with sometimes. Again, like sensible Blue Jays fans. So bad that their takes were taken out of context. Oh, I saw and that. Used yeah. <laughs> as, <laughs> as as content fodder, uh, which is a real shame. Steve Pierce is a, is a, red, a free agent. Is what I'm trying to say. Like lots of the Red Sox, this offseason is going to be interesting for the Blue Jays. So they hired the manager. We talked about that last week. Charlie Montoya. Yeah, I mean he hadn't he been introduced. In, yeah, he had been introduced, but yeah, we talked about him. Yeah, it had been converted. I mean. I don't. I didn't watch any of the press conference stuff because 
I don't know what I'm expecting to hear. Nothing. It's a, it's a nice story. He seems excited because he's a 53-year-old man who's getting his first shot at major league, uh, managing, managing Major League Team. That's exciting. That's it. I'm excited for him, for his family. Uh, there's some nice stories that were written by uh, you know John and Shy and whomever else. Can't pretend like I give even half a shit though. <laughs> I got but, I got one I got one that's uh, that's on its way that uh, I hope will be I'll care interesting. About, it's not. I'll about, care about that one. Yeah. Okay. I'll care about that one. I'll give it an awesome. Oh, thank you. Athletic, no, please do. Please do. As I tend to do. As I tend to do. I need to feed my um, family these likes. It's uh, it's all we have. <laughs> they're gonna take them away. They're gonna take them away from Twitter. Instead of the Nazis, they're going to take away the like. Uh, this offseason is going to be different, though, because like I don't even know what to think about going in. Because the Blazers have been bad before, or they've come off of bad seasons. But they were, there's never been this, like, I can't remember the last time there was this real, like, it's obviously a, the changing of the guard, a true changing of the guard. Because the Blue Jays, you know, if you go back 10 years ago, 2006, 7, 8, they were good, but not good enough. And then they were kind of bad for a while with... Vern and Wells and and whoever else kind of uh, kicking around on the periphery. And then, you know, then it was the ascent of Jose Bautista. And then it was sort of, look at how we're going to fit this in. And are they going to be able to make the team good around him? And then there's Edwin. And then there's, you know, there was the Adam Linz and Aaron Hills and this sort of stuff. Guys, you know, solid players who never really panned out. Halliday trade, everything else that happened after that. And then they tried to get be good and they tried to be good again. And then they failed both those times. Uh, But this is different. Like, they're not... There's not, you know, we think back to what are some of the big, like the U Darvish night. There's not going to be a version of that nope. in 2018, 19. <laughs> no. There's not going to be the, maybe they'll sign Prince Fielder to like three years and $100 million, like pay away up front, short term. Uh, like there's none of these things are going to happen. They're not going to be attached to anybody. Last year, there was like almost like a will they won't they, Ross and Rachel, like, oh, what are we, where are we at here? Um, and then even though the writing was on the wall and we were pretending like it wasn't going to, it wasn't going to break, go down exactly as it did. But this year, it's like there's no pretense, right? No, absolutely. I, I mean, there's no yeah. nothing attractive is going to happen this offseason. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be more interesting uh, rearranging the deck chairs, kind of stuff, right? I mean, they're gonna they're gonna have to figure out some puzzle pieces, and and you know, it's going to be the trades that are interesting. I think the free agent market is. Mm-hmm. Though I've heard some people suggest that you know maybe they'll. You know, look for some pitching there, but I, I I have a hard time seeing it. I have a hard time seeing why a pitcher would uh, would be ready to come here too. So uh, they've got all those sort of surplus uh, infielders, especially surplus position players for sure. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so th- I think there's going to be some interesting deals there where it's like, oh, uh, uh, Dwight Smith gets flipped for the you know the Rays equivalent of a Dwight Smith pitcher. I don't you know I don't know who who or where, but uh, it, it's not going to be you know blockbuster headline stuff but it will be interesting for those of us who actually follow the team and are curious about what they you know how, how these people running it think and and what their vision is and where they're going with it mm. because i think that's that's an interesting question because you're right that there's no pretense but then it's also you know you brought in a manager here who uh well one of the things that the i did watch the the, the press conference the introduction one of the things that i, I liked and that it, i'm trying to, not to give away the store the piece that i'm i'm uh currently working on about it but uh uh, there was a moment where uh, Rosie Damano asked him how he's uh, how he was going to psychologically brace himself for all the losing, and mm-hmm. it was the one time where instead of being like the uh, you know the the jolly overall overawed kind of guy who was like oh you know holy shit I'm getting a I'm a big league manager kind of moment, he's just mm-hmm. like he's like really 
like like quite sternly for just just a second was like like you're gonna fucking ask me that are you uh and then, and then it went back <laughs> charlie charlie rosie rosie charlie <laughs> and, and and you know and then went back to being you know upbeat and positive and something that he uh and atkins both sort of uh uh, dwelled on or or, or, or or lauded him for and talked about the importance mm-hmm. of that sort of stuff. And, you know, he, he talked about wanting to win from day one and it was kind of people took it as a bit of an eye-rolling thing. But, you know, this is the 53-year-old manager getting his first shot. He doesn't have a lot of, he doesn't have a lot of years to burn. So, uh, you know, <laughs> Atkins was talking about, you know, the minor leagues and, and how it's important to, he thinks, and a lot of teams don't or, or you know, there's sort of a, a schism between different uh, different front offices on how important it is to uh, for a minor league team to win in its season. Like to, you yeah. Know, I think we talked mm-hmm. a long time, you know, under other uh, front offices of the Blue Jays about eh, who gives a fuck. Like it's just it's just sort of a way station for talent, and and it's more about the individuals. And Atkins and Shapiro have come in and sort of have this mentality where they feel like no, you you should be. You know, it, it's weird. I and, and the piece that I'm working on, I'm going back and looking at things that they've said before because they haven't said much about this manager stuff. But you can really uh, get a lot out of previous comments that they've said because they've really laid out. Even though I think a lot of the time people were kind of rolling their eyes at it or not not taking it seriously, but uh, especially like last off season when they were, uh, you know, talking about about wanting to keep winning and wanting to win every day, and people were like, "Oh, you're just saying that because you're doing this fucking." Uh, jerk off motion to half-assed attempt to pretend you're going to still be competitive when we all know that's not true but but if you look at comments about stuff like that through the prism of this Montoya hiring uh, mm-hmm. and the idea of the the minor leagues being of importance and of every level being of importance and and the you know Atkins saying oh like our values are get better every day and and and, and the importance of you know, want want you can see why they would want to have somebody who is 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 uh, is not there to to put his feet up for a year, and and then you know we'll see mm. what happens when he gets a real team. Like it's going to be a thing where he is going to try to uh, to get as much out of the roster that he's given as he can. I think, and I mean, obviously, that mm-hmm. still means that dealing with a lot of players who are going to be uh, not finished products, and, and there's going to be growing pains. But I, I think that. Uh, I don't know. It gave me a, it gave me a thought more than I've had in quite some time. That you know, not that they're going to be good, but that they're going to try a little harder to be good than I think uh, we maybe give them credit for. It's not a super bottoming out year. It's a year where they have some talent and they're going to try to see what they can make out of that talent and then push forward from there as they you know as they go along and not really try to hit that absolute bottom. They didn't. They didn't bring him in to change diaper. Is what you're saying, and I and I don't disagree. True. Um, the Astros are a team that absolutely prizes the the winning at all the minor league levels, and and they are fair seem to be very forthcoming with that information. They celebrate those those wins, and and it's something that they will always attribute to culture and players growing and learning and whatever. Now, of course, it is a balancing act all the way through the minors. The fact that you can win if you're Charlie Montoya and you were able to win. Championships, minor league championships, despite the fact that you were a with the Rays, uh, which churned the roster and 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 really moved guys up and up and down, but also just the fact that that it's always guys coming in and coming out, and and this guy's rehab stint takes precedence over the fact that that the team wants to win and the team is trying to compete or trying trying to do this in this situation. So 
Um, I, I get that. And uh, I also, you know, listening to you talk about how, like, Shapiro and, you know, you, you have to believe the autocrat. What, what the autocrat says he's going to do, <laughs> he's, he's going to do it. So when he says he's going to cut the payroll, I mean, he's going to cut the payroll. When he says he's going to try to win ball games, he's going to try to win ball games. Um, uh, but yeah, the manager's never going to come out and say, "Yeah, well, we're going to suck." But but the roster is the, what the roster is, and, and I think that gives some credence to my f- feeling that the given the collection of starting pitchers that they have in particular, and the great love of of value, there's no way they'll be able to pass up. If there is a you know dumpster divey guy, bring you know the Jaime Garcia attempt, yeah, yeah. in 2019. If that's a James Shields who, um, you know, Montoya inevitably has a history with, uh, who is really well regarded, especially from the people uh, from within the Rays organization, or like Rays fans, Rays bloggers like the R.J. Anderson and, and Tommy Ransell guys like that who are really knowledgeable writers and and and, and former bloggers. Um, about Shields' as ability as a, as like a pitching coach, again we've we've banded this idea. But we've got lots of those guys. There's a Tulo, there's a Russell Martin, there's a whoever else that can that can bring the young guys around. Um, maybe a guy like Shields, who obviously the White Sox declined his option, is out there. Irvin Santana, you know, who was almost a Blue Jay in that famous the famous tale of them <laughs> kick passing the hat around the clubhouse. Yeah. Um, C. but C. I mean, a guy, they, a guy they tried to get last year, CC Zabathia as well. And I don't think they're going to get him this year. I don't um, think so. But, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, Shields is a terrible, 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 um, uh, <laughs> match for the, for the ball. Yeah. Yeah. I could see him going to like the giants or the Padres or whatever, somewhere where he can get away with his like middle, middle slop that he tries to, you know get by with it was obviously he, i mean he's not what he once was who I mean, even though he's always been a guy they give a lot of home runs chicago's a bad matchup for him because that ballpark is the has the exact same dimensions as the, as the rogers center just with lower fences so that just doesn't really work <laughs> right yeah uh, not great not great so so we'll see um but i could see them going after somebody like that and again if if, if they in the jaime garcia uh, jaime garcia style if they manage to kind of put it together or well, the opposite of jaime garcia the jaime garcia attempt attempt they put it together, then you have a little trade chip. Uh, Curtis Granderson or whoever else. Who else did they, did they do that with this year? Uh, last uh, year it was, uh, well, what's Fritz, his name, Joe Smith. Yeah, Francis Mariano, kind of in a way. And yeah, that worked out really well for them. John Axford in a way. Yeah, I don't doubt that they're going to try that kind of shit for sure. Yeah, and the John, uh, I feel bad for John Axford. That that Dodgers team looked like a team, uh, looked like a, they could have used a guy like Axford there in the playoffs. But it yeah. uh, well, he was hurt, and then he was bad. They only pitched like twice after he came back from that, like broke his leg or whatever, got hit with a line drive. So, but uh, but yeah, they, they, that, that's that's where we are. Unless of course, in the, yeah, the trades and the trades. Some of the trades are are hard to obviously any trade is difficult to predict. But you you kind of have a you get a sense that like yeah, these we all know the names of the guys who were on the on the bubble on the margins, but. Uh, well, one one actually, uh, you mentioned Justin Smoke. They, the Jays announced they picked up that option for him this year, which was. I hope I'm not stepping on your toes in terms of a schedule for what, what we're talking about mm-hmm. here, but uh, you know, picked up that option, which there was some doubt about that, uh, thanks to a John Heyman report, which included the wrong salary, which you know right away kind of tips you off that maybe maybe his intel is not uh, is not the greatest, but you, know, you never know. But uh, anyway, they did pick it up, obviously. 
uh, which is interesting because I'm not saying that he's the guy that they're going to necessarily look to trade, though that's very possible. But also, uh, Yajervis Solarte, who I don't, I don't know this. I, I didn't know this, or I don't, I don't remember this. Uh, maybe I just so checked out of the <laughs> stupid fucking team. Thanks to the last like six months of awful baseball that uh, that I missed that it was written like everywhere. Could very possible. Uh, mm. But uh, but yeah, they declined his option, but he's still arbitration eligible, so they have a decision to make on him, which is mm. uh, presumably a non-tender if they can't deal him for something. Which I don't know, they should be able to deal him for something. I mean, he had a bad year, but I don't know that he's completely without value. And then so there, there are yeah, there are going to be little little things like that that will that should happen. I can't imagine Solarte will be back as far you know as far as predicting any other trades. Uh, that's tougher, but Solarte not being here uh, feels like uh, feels like Jimmy's lock of the week. Oh, it's an awfully big lock. Uh, it's a shame that Solarte had what I believe to be his worst career, like worst season of his career. Oh yeah, yeah, here in Toronto, um, which I don't know that he was healthy. Um, there was some other uh, some other stuff people were were talking about a little bit, but. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I can't see him coming back. There's just not a spot for him right now. So to, to bring him back, even even if you had a like, I can't imagine that his arbitration reward will be wouldn't wouldn't be that much. But it also probably won't be affordable. Not well, not affordable. Well, it'll be affordable. It's not. It's not. It's not, it's not a cost worth worth uh, worth assuming if you're the Blue Jays. No, and, and I'm sure there's teams in you know who could use a player like him if he's not, you know, as terrible or hurt or whatever it was this year that uh, that, that made him so much worse than he was uh, in the season's first month when he was really quite uh, uh, quite exciting, quite an inter- you know, showed exactly what the Jays saw in him and then mm-hmm. just as the season went on just uh, faded to nothing. I mean, I don't know what his, what his uh, wins above replacement total ended up at, but I... Very confident it's below zero. It was definitely not a number that started with a with a plus sign. I think yeah. it started with a neg- with a minus sign. But uh, yeah, so and, and the smoke. Uh, I, I was really interested last uh, last time we did this, and you sort of broke it down. You made a case for the Justin Smoke. Would he get this on the open market? You know, there there's there was a there is was potentially a case for not for declining his option. If you're getting really next level, it was like the galaxy brain take that yeah. and, and trying to, you know, and as far as your role as the uh, de facto Mark Shapiro trying to get into their head and like, this is, these are the kind of things that they think about. Um, I'm also glad that like cooler heads prevailed and a player who has presumably some value to the team that he was employed for now or to another team down the road, um, uh, it seemed like a bit of a no-brainer, so I'm glad. But or, or a, not not a no-brainer, but a non-galaxy brainer, a normie brainer. <laughs> sure. uh, so I, I'm glad for him that he's got that money now. At least he doesn't have to worry about free agency. He knows he's going to get paid if it's by the Blue Jays. Excuse me, that it's by the Blue Jays. If not, we'll see. Um, again, I think he could be an upgrade for a lot of teams. Um, maybe not the best teams, but I mean the Yankees. The Yankees tried to trade for Luke Voigt, and then he had to save their ass for <laughs> <laughs> for like three months. This is true. This is true. So yeah, I mean, no, Smoke should a... be able to help a team. I, you know, the Jays might not get much back in return. They might get salary relief. That's and, and that's the thing too. It's like the if they think that they can get 
a piece and save a bunch of money and move them, then that's probably what they're going to do. Also, I'm looking it up right now, and uh, it's minus uh, 1.3 wins. Solarte cost the Blue Jays a win and a third. That's very few. <laughs> it's not great. But on the uh, on the on the plus side, uh, they had them to spare. They had those extra wins. They could hand him uh, one and a half wins or one win, or you know, there was plenty plenty to go around. The not cupboard's really, yeah. not bare. It wasn't really changing anything. Yeah. Speaking of the cupboard not being bare, Baseball America released their top ten Blue Jays prospects list, um, and the dude Ben Badler did a chat that uh, if you are a BA subscriber, I recommend you go and check out. If you weren't part of at the time, um, obviously, it is full of delightful Vladimir Guerrero Jr. tidbits of information and or glowing, hard to believe, <laughs> this can't be real scouting reports. Um, I'm going to read really quickly, very briefly, from the scouting report. So, uh, here we go. The big news is, of course, that Vlad Guerrero Jr. is a Blue Jays top prospect going into the 2019 season. You're as shocked as I am. Indeed. Um, and I'm going to read the fun lines like scouting report. Uh, he is a potential superstar in the mold of Manny Ramirez, and it's not out of the question that Guerrero could develop into an 80 hitter with 80 power. That happens often. That's a very common uh, scouting determination. Yeah. yeah. The 80 that if you, that they're, some of them are so like loath to use, and then they're just slapping two of them. Uh, and then it goes on and on and on is preternatural. Preternatural ability to hit is something, again, that's a very a very common th- thing. Yeah, for scout, baseball yeah scout parlance, yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, preternatural ability to make hard contact and barrel any type of pitch in any area of the strike zone. Super normal. <laughs> Super extremely normal. Uh, and then it goes on from there. It actually goes ahead to praise his defense and talked about how hard he worked um, since he's been moved to third base by the Blue Jays and that his arm plays up there. And that he has, in fact, worked very hard to improve his um, athleticism and his footwork and all the things that, you know, that they're all the, the bill of goods that we've been sold about why he's not in the big leagues. At least he's working at it. Um, any other shocks? I mean, Bo Bichette, number two. Everybody I talk about Bo Bichette. That being, they, you know, it's nothing new in terms of what they said there about Bo Bichette. Everyone's excited by his bat. His swing is vicious and ferocious, but he tones it down with two strikes. Looks good playing shortstop, and he runs the bases like a hero. Uh, uh, Danny Jansen, who is like just kind of boringly, unexcitingly, have like a 15 year baseball career, is my bold prediction. Yeah, it seems like that could really be a thing. The bar, so it's the Blue Jays, in a lot of ways, Danny Jansen is a luxury. We'll see how, how next season goes when he's playing every day. But big league catchers are so unbelievably bad. It's very true. So bad. Well, I saw so the big. I saw a free like top free agents list, and I, I didn't think it was like five or six deep. That's like uh, yes, Manny Grandal. It's like yeah, he he was terrible behind the plate, but catcher who could hit. So yeah. So you know somebody's gonna fucking give him a ton, a ton of money. It's like yeah, Jan, Danny Jansen, uh, better than that maybe. I don't know about his um, but, uh, but 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 well, you know that's a nice piece to have. Oh, for sure, uh, Mike Petrillo of uh, StatCastMLB.com. He did a story all with JT Real Muto, who is the Marlins catcher yeah. who wishes to no longer be the Marlins catcher. <laughs> uh, well, or yeah. in as many words, he's just said like, "Yeah, I don't want to sign an extension," and so that means they'll probably end up trading him. But it looked at 
basically said that he's the best catcher in baseball, which is hard to believe because so few you know average fans, people who aren't fans of the Marlins, so anybody <laughs> right, really yeah. knows a lot about him. I can't, I, I don't, I, I don't know a ton about him. I can't pretend like I do. You know, I've seen him play a bit watching the Marlins as, as I used to do more often than now. But like, and get rid of that fucking home run sculpture. What a crime that is. It is a crime. What, like what they, even reason is there to watch the fucking team now? Well, you can you can think about how they traded all those really really good players that they must have, they had to get rid of. Um, but anyway, uh, Real Muto is good, and but he's I don't know he's he's not fucking Mike Piazza. But then you look <laughs> at how and and no. uh, Mike did as did like a like a graph of showing how did the, how the catchers performed in terms of like way to score plus or whatever. And the 2018 catchers were among the worst ever in terms of offensive production. And I can't help but think that it's because of the nature of the game now. Everyone throws so hard. And it's such a, and there's so many pitches. And it's just, it's even more grueling to be back there. Yeah. So you need some big, ignorant lummox or like a, like a kind hearted <laughs> lummox, like, like Eric Kratz, guy who's like made a career out of it, um, because you can't. A good player, you can't put them back there. Why would you do that to them? Why would you punish them, make them stand there, catch 100-mile-an-hour fastballs that are moving nine inches in the last 10 feet, and uh, and then, yeah. and then that, like 50% of the pitches are sliders, so you're blocking junk all day long. Why? Yeah, no wonder they can't hit. That is a shitty, miserable existence. So if Danny Jansen survives, he'll be good. And to be good at, at behind the plate, it doesn't take much. Catch and... Catch 110 times and don't be awful at the plate, and you're like way ahead of the game. That's true. It's very true. Yeah. That's why you need lots of them. Lot like give, give me like five, ten catchers. That's why they brought up what's his name, that other kid. Who? What's his oh, name? Oh, uh, Reese McGuire. Reese McGuire. Yeah, yeah. Because you got you need bodies. Yeah, I mean you, you look you and... look at their drafts, and that's uh, that seems to be a trend too. A lot of uh, uh, a lot of early round catching picks. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's because I guess when you're drafted, there are only so many positions. You know, not many, not many people are drafted as a second baseman or, or you know, a left fielder. But, uh, but that's yeah, true. no, it's uh, it's it's been noticeable. I think if you look at the last couple of draft classes, that they've gone high on uh, uh, on some pitchers. I think uh, 2017 in particular, there was like Hagen Danner and uh, mm. another guy whose name is escaping me right now. But they. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, and I think uh, it makes absolute sense given what you're saying about the uh, the evolution of the game and how just how absolutely fucking grueling it is to be back there. I'm sure. Uh, any other thing that's interesting that jumped out from you on their list? Well, um, we we were talking about Pardino a bit, who's pretty high at number four. There's also uh, Jordan Groshans or whatever. How are you supposed to say that? The uh, mm-hmm. uh, who's their first round pick? One of their first round picks this year. Who? Uh, just really hit the fucking ground running, and uh, I mean they have him. Uh, you know he's a shortstop. They have him ahead of Kevin Smith, who was like the big breakout this year, and and, uh, and Logan Warmoth nowhere to be seen uh, because you know he's bad. It turns out, but it doesn't matter. They they got Smith <laughs> and they got this other guy Groshans. Now Groshans, uh, you know, it's always interesting to see how like a high school shortstop handles the first brush uh, with professionalism, and uh, so far so good for Groshans. Yeah, uh, you know the, the regular faces. The Sean Reed Foley is still up there. Sean Reed Foley has been—he's uh, going to have his number retired from the top ten prospect list. He's just been there for so long. <laughs> yeah, 
It has. It's um, been a while, it feels, yeah. Uh, what else? Kevin Biggio's up there, and another uh, a guy, a free, young free agent signing from the Dominican in 2017. I don't can't pretend like I know too much about him. But uh, yeah, go check it out if you have a BA membership or a scholar membership. Uh, if you don't, maybe invest because again, these are like high quality, uh, high quality scouting reports and some pretty cool stuff. And I don't know, the future's pretty bright. They seem pretty high on a lot of these guys. There's, it's not, there's not a lot of filler right in that top ten. I mean, so a lot of these guys in this top ten list that we've already mentioned have already played in the big leagues. Like that's no, they're they're not a great distance away. They're, they don't seem to be a lot of really like toolsy lottery picks. And that's probably by design, as the uh, pragmatically risk-adverse Blue Jays front office <laughs> yeah. opts for. But the, but it, I mean, part it, it kind of works to both ways. I I kind of get it. it. It fits with their model. Like they want the teams to win, so they're getting, you know, they, if they if they prize winning in the minor leagues and they prize winning winners and ball players and whatever these kind of more well-rounded um, uh, folks drafting guys who can do a bunch of things well as opposed to being like this guy's got 80 power and we're just hoping the rest of it will all sort of fall into place along the way um that's not how you win in the minor leagues is it i no i don't think so and and i think this goes back to you know the montoyo thing and what i was saying before about like looking at some of the old atkins quotes because this is just reminding me of him you know uh, say saying like that we think that we can create systems to help make our players uh, outperform the objective uh, projections on them. We think that we can create a culture and create systems that can, that can, you know, uh, and you hear, you, you see what they're doing in uh, instructional league that uh, the series that John Lott did, and then the fact that they are going out there and prioritizing certain aspects of players games that need to be focused on and, and, uh, and, and working at at that as opposed to just you know reps 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 will take care of everything and and, and really mm-hmm. being proactive about that and uh, and it seems like you know it seems like in terms of talent acquisition they they that's you know it, it's not I don't think it's just lip service that they that he would say things like that I mean you look at the Drurys and the the Grichuks and the Teoscar Hernandezes and uh, they're they're bringing in guys who. I mean, you know, there there are other examples as well, but like they're bringing in guys who it's like, okay, is this their ceiling? Maybe they can figure out something that can push their ceiling higher. Maybe, and I think that's very much sort of what their player development apparatus is is uh, is hoping to do to take a guy who looks like a Randall Grichuk, who it's like, okay, he's a two win player, and find a way to make him a four win player, which is you know easier said than done, but uh, but I think that's that's definitely that speaks to what you're saying about their more well-rounded prospects and not just the bags of tools, because it seems like they're going about it in a, in a, a, a quite a different way. And I also think that uh, that connects with what they're trying to do with the Montoyo hire uh, coming from a place where they've done a lot of that. They've integrated data and, and, and stuff coming from the front office from through the manager. Uh, and they've just had a lot of success in beating projections. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I think it's all. I think all of that is very connected. I think we're seeing, you know, in those kinds, in those kinds of guys, and in the higher, what uh, what their vision for what a modern baseball team really is. We'll see if it fucking works. But uh, but I don't know. That's the sense I'm getting. I'm interested in in one particular 
aspect that you just mentioned, which is take a two-win player, see if we can turn him into a four-win player. It'll be... I'm... For me, the jury is still out on whether the Rays, who are kind of serving as the model of this, have ever been able to do that, yeah. as opposed to being like, we could take a two-win player and turn him into like a three-win player, as long as he can look like a four-win player once. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. seems like that's the the Rays model is more like, whoa, oh, edge him up and like, or he okay, he he did it. He's he's had his peak year or whatever, and then they farm him out and then see like, good luck, see if you can get that out of him because it took all all we all we got to to, to pull that <laughs> off. But yeah. we'll see. I mean, and maybe maybe that that criticism is probably a little bit unfair. Um, who who's kidding who? Like that's what happens here. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I I do I do like that idea, and and again. Um, that, that top ten is it does you know again Keith Law is, is has been the voice of dissent um, on this on this front maybe he doesn't see that that upside on these same on these players which is um, you know that's that's his prerogative he 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 scouts what he scouts and he talks to who he talks to so uh, but if you're looking for another uh, another perspective I recommend checking out that BA list when you have an opportunity yeah um, the the chat with Ben Badler about the list was also really good because they go deeper than the top ten and and there's some uh, some very interesting names, you know, guys who, you know, Badler thinks might sneak onto the list next year, or, or you know, some uh, some power arms that uh, that aren't there. There's, you know, there there is more talent in the system beyond what uh, what those ten names are, and uh, some of it is still very uh, unformed, I think, at the moment. But uh, there's there's a chance that there are more exciting players that are already here that uh, that nobody's really talking about yet. It's easy for the top when the when the system is so as top heavy as this one is. It's very easy for those guys to suck all the oxygen out of the room. Um, like Vlad does that all on his own. Yeah. The fact that by virtue of some of the the, the surnames of the players, uh, that does it as well. Um, and then then you add in like the Jansen and Reed Foley and whoever else guys who who've now been in the big leagues. Um, it, it maybe it definitely. Crowds some some uh, of these other young guys out guys whose names I can't even pretend to know. Uh, yeah, if, uh, the, if the system were if the system were you know farther back, uh, you know, or if it, if you know once those guys graduate and some of the other names ends up you know on the list, it's uh, uh, I don't know. I just feel I remember other years, Lizak Stewart's or the uh, who was the <laughs> who was the guy that they traded for uh, Sergio Santos, Nelson uh, or what the hell, uh, Nestor Molina. You know, guys. Like, no, you know, Nestor Molina was 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 he in that trade? I don't know. He was traded for, for somebody. He was traded for somebody. Uh, I thought it was, but I could be wrong. Oh, off the top, of it, but, no, I, I, but but anyway, I, those are the kind of like like prospects of that quality. Uh, yeah. You know, if you removed the Jays' top ten, you could have an interesting ten of guys like that. Where you know there are years when you're like, oh yeah, I could dream on a Nestor Molina. We we, we don't have to right now uh, mm-hmm. because there's actual quality there, but. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's just there. There, there are definitely a bunch of uh, uh, very interesting names beyond the top ten. As, I, as I'm repeating myself here, well, and you, it's it's a little bit similar to the the Lansing situation from a few years ago with um, with Syndergaard and Sanchez and Discalfani, and then uh, the other guy, Nicolino. Yep. Right. Yeah. Nick Nicolino is a guy that you would be we would be draw back then. It was like, oh, he's that's the that's the sleeper, that's the one. Um, but now he's a player or an equivalent could potentially be crowded out because there's so many big uh, top heavy names 
yeah. on the list right now. Yeah. Um, speaking of lists, uh, looking ahead to the rest of the of the winter, and again, we mentioned how this is going to be a quiet one for the Blue Jays, um, but some of the some of the names are not going to appear on free agent lists. Uh, David Price, who of course had a great World Series, I think, too much to the delight of many Blue Jays fans, um, uh, kind of got that postseason monkey off his back. It was it was unfortunate that he couldn't um, get help from Ryan Goins to do that a few years ago, <laughs> but uh, but uh, he is not opting yeah. out. He is remaining in his contract. Uh, Jason Hayward is remaining in his contract. Uh, Mark Balanson is remaining in his contract, so the free agent, uh, the free agent bumper crop, as it as it were, uh, is still a bumper crop because there's still some ridiculously good players that are going to be uh, looking for jobs and looking to make a whole bunch of money. Clayton Kershaw, they've actually kicked the can down the road a little bit on Kershaw. The Dodgers and Kershaw agreed to push back the uh, deadline before he decides if he's going to opt out. Which is uh, a little bit interesting. I can't see Clayton yeah. Kershaw leaving. Pitching for anyone um, else, yeah. Yeah, pitching for anyone else would just be weird. Like it's at the point now where he just, if he wants to, he they. I can't see how why they would do anything else, do anything outside of just doing what it takes to keep him a Dodger forever. Right. As they should. Yeah. I mean, I, I now I'm picturing him as a Diamondback. I'm like, oh, it's kind of funny. But I don't know. I don't know that. I think that the the humor value is worth. Uh, uh, yeah, missing that opportunity. Yeah, just be a Dodger forever for fuck's sakes. Which you know what? <laughs> I don't know about how many great years uh, Kershaw has left in him anyway. Well, I think that's a not not uncommon uh, overreaction. I think that's a, not an uncommon garbage take. But uh, <laughs> I mean, he pitched really well this year. Other than pitching, you know, with no no gas in the tank. In the World Series, getting David, what's his name, the manager, getting greedy. Dave Roberts, yeah. Dave Roberts getting greedy there in the in Game Five, and then that series was over. They were looked across the diamond, were like that team's way better. I don't know what we're gonna think we can do to, to beat them, uh, but they didn't. They didn't beat them. They lost. The Dodgers lost the World Series two years in a row, which would be a nice problem to have. If we're all uh, if we're being honest, I wouldn't mind. The Dodgers have won that division six. Years in a row. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. They're getting to... I wonder if they'll... I can't see it, but I also... Like, they're getting close to Braves territory, where, like, the Braves have been a punchline. <laughs> yeah, I mean... For, I mean, they, they their streak was longer. They made the playoffs a lot. Yeah, they're going to uh, they're gonna have to do a little more than that. But, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. At least they made it the World Series. Two, yeah, like I said, two years in a row... Um, they're in tough, but uh, yeah, I can't see the Jays factoring in there very, very much. I mean, there's there's like a hundred. I, I John Heyman did some. Here are all the here's every conceivable free agent, and I searched Control F Toronto zero results. Oh, maybe it's not <laughs> Toronto. Control F Blue nothing, not even a mention, not even a sniff anywhere on on the list. Maybe well that which will make when Josh Donaldson resigns the Blue Jays. Uh, all the more, all the sweeter. There you go. That's, right? th- that's one way to look at it. Yeah, the Braves, uh, you know, one of the years was 1994, so it doesn't count. The Braves went, went to the playoffs 14 years in a row otherwise and came out with one World Series. So the Dodgers have some work, some work to do. They do. <laughs> that's crazy. The, the, the Dodgers streak has got to be pretty good, though, in terms of consecutive playoff runs. 
I have I have no doubt that that's true. The Dodgers. Well, no. So the last time the Dodgers missed the playoffs was 2012. So they made the they made the playoffs in 2008 and 2009, and they weren't back until 2013, and then they won the division ever since. Yeah. And uh, two, uh, you know, mixed results. It was interesting. It was an interesting World Series, if nothing else, even though it was kind of one-sided. The the Dodgers, the Yankees were, or sorry, the Red Sox were one like errant throw away from sweeping, but at the same time, interesting World Series. Yeah, absolutely. That had that fucking that game that that fucking seventy-hour marathon. Yeah, <laughs> I slept through a vast, vast. Vast majority of that game. <laughs> it was quite the. It was quite the thing. I don't know. Was, Woke was... up to Joe Buck exclaiming in delight that the Earth's sun was crashing into the planet. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. There's nothing else really going on, is there? Not really. I mean, again, we could talk about the manager, but would we? I don't. I don't. I mean, we kind of already did. Yeah. There's not much to add. No. No, there isn't. Kevin Biggio is going to become a multi-positional guy. That's cool. That's from like fucking two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> Just like yeah. scrolling through Shy Davidi's <laughs> archives right now. Oh, yeah. What are we going to talk about? I think that's about it. We don't have to go on any longer. Sure. Uh, things, things are going to change around. Like, you know, we got, there's some, some, some events coming up, I guess, in terms of um, uh, qualifying offers and all that sort of stuff. It'll all start to come together deadline for when guys need to be tendered contract we got more rain going on i can hear the rain in the background yeah there's a little bit of that a A little bit of rain so yeah i think that's about it the stoughton as he mentioned he has a i'll have a story coming up on the blue jays new manager uh charlie montoyo on the athletic which i recommend that you check out even though i haven't read it and uh you can (laughs) you haven't subscribed to the athletic yeah they haven't written it that's that'll (laughs) happen before you edit this very possible, but uh, I mean, I've written some of it, much of it. Really writes itself once you once you get it pointed in the right direction. That's, that's oh, the absolutely. Trick. That's the trick. The, the car knows the way home after, <laughs> after all these years. Uh, yeah, that's it. I don't know. There's not much else going on. It'll all happen soon. It'll all happen in time. Kevin Pilar is going to play on a Japanese, like one of those barnstorming tours. Yeah, very nice. Kevin there Pilar. Was a, there was and, a Jose Bautista to Japan rumor at one point. Already? There are, yeah. I saw it was uh uh it was it was in Japanese, I don't know, you know, it wasn't uh mm. wasn't uh, Ken Rosenthal saying it, but uh I don't know why the hell not. I don't wanna I don't wanna think about the veracity of the rumor, which is probably bullshit, but uh mm. remember we were following remember there was a fucking winter where it was like some second baseman or shortstop I, I I fucking I think I wrote like seventy blog posts about uh about some guy the Jays were chasing, and then didn't happen. And uh, now I'm pretty sure uh, he may not even exist. I don't even remember what the fucking name of the, the player was. <laughs> like a Japanese ball player that the, yeah. that the Jays were going to sign. Oh, yeah. I don't remember that. The the it seems like it's kind of gone out of vogue a little bit, unless it's like an all world mutant <laughs> freak maybe, of nature yeah. like Shohei Otani. Um. It might, it, might I feel before, like, it might have been before 2015, so it might have been like Devin Travis happened, and then everybody was like, oh, well, I, I guess we didn't need oh. a placeholder guy. In the, the height of the breakfast army. Yeah, thing. yeah. Um, 
I feel like Jose Bautista. So Jose Bautista was in town here in Toronto recently, um, just this past week for like a Marcus Stroman has a his brand the H Heart HDMH. The, yeah, like the like the cable you uh, you put into your TV there. HDMI, yeah, yeah. All right, don't measure heart, whatever. Uh, they, it's that whole Renfrew. There's like a whole thing. We had a big event, and Chris Archer was there, and uh, and Marcus Stroman and Jose Bautista turned up as well. And then they went to the Raptors game, and it, it looks to me like Jose Bautista is really about to like settle in and really get into a good like Doug Gilmore groove in terms of being <laughs> former Blue Jay Jose Bautista because that's a good life. Absolutely. I think it's a good life. If you yeah, once you, you've already made your money, um, living life as as uh, as as soda pitch man, or uh, I guess he, he's got a stake in uh, in Booster Juice. He's got more than just his face on the on the door. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And uh, yeah, so be, being former Blue Jay Jose Bautista is a is a pretty good way to live. I feel like being ho- former Blue Jay Jose Bautista is probably going to be a little bit more lucrative than like signing some taking pictures like your fucking Chuck Liddell like like Ruggie Odor is going to be doing for the rest of his life like Jose Bautista <laughs> gets to be Jose Bautista forever and Odor is going to be at some like shitty card show on a folding with a folding table in front of him doing like a holding up a fist next to his face and some kid is like Urgh! yeah because uh yeah I think I think we know who won that fight I think it was a glancing blow, as as uh, as some one person that I know <laughs> argued adamantly for months and months and months. Like, ah, he barely got him. Didn't even <laughs> knock him down. Didn't even Didn't knock even him down. Kn- <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Uh, that's about it, I think. Anything else that we were talking before? If you don't, I think you should watch Big Mouth. If you are a puerile uh, adolescent at heart, I recommend you watch Big Mouth. I told Stoughton, who hasn't watched it, who is the... Uh, the animation guru. You are the guy that the frisky, frisky dingo. Well, I'm frisky dingo. I won't what's, watch anything just the, just that's animated. But uh, C Lab 2010 or whatever. Yeah, I never watched that one. No, I don't know. No, I thought it was that was in your the, the universe that you. It uh, is, but I, I I don't think I've I've never watched that one. All right. Well, yeah. Big mouth. Check know. it out. Not like it's a secret. It's on Netflix. Everyone has the same thing. Apparently, the the num- like the number of people, the number, the Netflix numbers are so secretive about it. Apparently they're out of control though. Would not they were all those. Me. They released all those like there's all those rom coms that they put out this summer. I, I can't even think of the name of them. But they, apparently they got they reviewed like eighty million times. Yeah, eighty million. Well, a lot of people have Netflix. Everybody has fucking Netflix. I mean, <laughs> how many were viewed by like people sharing passwords? I think is their their next concern. I don't think that's a concern of theirs at all. They For don't them. care about that. Because they don't, it's not about money for, for them or any of these people. Netflix, the only thing Netflix wants you to do is watch Netflix. You, if, they, if you could do it for, I'm surprised they don't give it away for free. I don't think they care about the money. Because yeah. all, all yeah. they it's, yeah, it, so. it's a familiar business model in that it's more about the eradication of the competition wow. than <laughs> it is about. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, Interesting. I, I I don't know, but that's that's all they want. That's why they make ten episodes instead of eight, or they, or ten episodes or nine episodes when they could get away with making four, five, six. Because if you're gonna watch, that's all they that's all they really care about. Just watch. So uh, so yeah. But the hit, I I don't I don't I don't know. The hit and miss. It's some. It's all hit and miss. But uh, big mouth. Check it out. Enjoy. That's all. Duly noted. Or don't if if you don't like. 
we don't like bad luck. I, I'm always amazed. I, I remain amazed when people get really um, upset about uh, about bad language, but people using bad language. People come at us from time. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that's it. So that's it. That We're ending on a strong note there. Uh, his name is Andrew Stoughton. My name is Drew Ferris. This has been Birds All Day, which, of course, you can uh, support at patreon.com slash birdsallday. You can go to... It's not called iTunes anymore. It's Apple Podcasts. Is where you can go in, huh. find the show. Yeah, something like that. You can find it uh, on SoundCloud. And uh, any, any, pretty much anywhere fine podcasts are sold. If this is your first time, I don't know how that would have ever happened in a million years that the first week of November Blue Jays podcast is when you decided to dive in, take the plunge. <laughs> but uh, but here we are. So uh, so for him, Andrew Stoughton, my name is Drew. We'll talk to you next time on Birds All Day. <laughs>